As we grow up, we go through and look forward to so many rites of passage. First, going to kindergarten. And as you get older, moving to middle school, getting our first boyfriend or girlfriend, our first kiss, high school. And when we turn 16 years old, at least in our state, you can take your permit test to start training for your driver's license. You know, I remember the first time I ever looked at a driver's education manual, it was kind of overwhelming, to say the least. There are some big obvious things to learn, like speed limit, passing on the left, and moving over for emergency vehicles, among other things. But there's hundreds of very intricate rules that just seem impossible to remember, and many that are often different from state to state. For example, I never knew, until I looked it up for this episode, that in our state, leaving your vehicle running unattended on public property is illegal. Huh, who knew? There are some things that are easy for me to remember. Slow down at a yellow light, unmarked speed limit is 55 miles per hour, and clean the snow off your window before you drive. It's sometimes hard to remember when you can turn on red, how many feet before an intersection to use your turn signal, or whatever the intricate rules may be. And I can tell you, As I'm sure many of you have experienced, there are a lot of people who seem to have trouble following even the easiest of rules. I used to be a very impatient driver, honking at every little thing that didn't suit my liking. You know, the the guy that pulls out in front of you, even though there was plenty of time for them to do so. The car going the speed limit in the left lane and refusing to pass, causing everybody to drive slower than what's posted. The person that changes lanes in the middle of an intersection. And I've admittedly gotten better and way more patient. I used to be really bad at that. But I don't know if it's me getting older or what. But I'm noticing so many more people not following the rules of the road. Ignoring pauses at intersections. Forgetting what a turn signal is. Not putting on their headlights at dark. I almost got run off the road earlier this week by a truck passing me on the right side long after the second lane ended and we were on a one-lane road. I had three people this week pull out in front of me because the end of their road apparently didn't require them to pause, let alone slow down. I try to follow street rules as much as possible, and I won't say I'm perfect, but I'm the kind of guy who stops at a stop sign in the middle of a shopping center at 11 p.m. when there's nobody around. As with every long-standing practice, traditions and rules around driving evolve, and they have been for decades as cars and highways have changed. Alongside those traditions are often myths and urban legends dating back to who knows when, including this gem. I remember hearing people say that if you come to a stop sign that has a white ring around the edge, it was optional. You didn't have to stop. It was just a recommendation. I don't know if I've ever seen a stop sign without a white ring, so I quickly figured out that somebody was trying to pull my leg, and I'm pretty sure my state-issued driver's manual said I needed to stop at all stop signs. Stop signs are stop signs, regardless of whether or not they have a ring around them. Of course, anything you've heard to the contrary is either rumor or a joke somebody else is getting a good laugh out of. If a police officer pulls you over for running a stop sign, Arguing that it was optional because there was a white ring around it probably isn't going to fly. So if you see a stop sign, come to a full and complete stop in order to avoid red and blue lights followed by a lovely ticket. Saying a stop sign is optional when we know the law says it isn't is almost like saying, the rules don't apply to me. 
And I know that might sound harsh to some of you, or maybe trivial to others, but here's the deal. If we feel those rules don't apply to us, you know, I don't have to fully stop. I can go 80 in a 55 mile per hour zone, and I'm not saying I haven't been guilty of those things. But what other things do we feel don't apply to us, too? What other rules or standards do we feel are optional or don't have to be followed all of the time? Most of us, hopefully, don't purposefully think about breaking the rules. Well, since we're on the topic, I'll tell you a traffic-related story. It was a little over a year ago, New Year's Eve 2022, just hours before 2023. We were traveling along a four-lane highway, and I lost sight of how fast I was going. And just when I thought I caught it, the flashing lights in my rearview mirror told me otherwise. Attempting to set the tone of this little adventure, I mustered up my best happy face and polite conversation until the trooper asked if I knew how fast I was going. With a smile, I responded I didn't know, and she politely told me how much over the limit I was going. She took my license and registration and returned to her car, and as I sat there waiting, knowing the inevitable outcome, I wondered if there was some way to get out of it. Maybe I could say, I didn't see the speed limit go down. Maybe I was blinded by a truck's lights. Maybe I wasn't from around these parts and didn't know how the speed limit worked. Well, that seemed reasonable, right? Why wouldn't she bend the rules for me? But the better question was, why did I think that the rule didn't apply to me. I guess we can all fall into that trap. Not the police speed trap, but the trap of believing some rules just don't apply to us. That trap gives us license to literally talk ourselves out of compliance. We find ourselves adjusting rules we don't like so they better fit our wants and needs, or ignoring rules we just plain don't like. We twist them into a distorted version of the original, you know, bending them until they're just what we want them to be. And we can do this with God, too. And we probably do it more than we realize. We can easily bend and twist God's word so it is more aligned with what we want it to say. We add to it, take stuff out of it, water it down, and all until we get just the right recipe of words to create something that is sure to satisfy our palate. When I look back at times I've fallen short, it's usually because following the rules wasn't convenient at the time. But obedience is rarely convenient. And I know every situation is different, but sometimes rules can just seem silly, or like they're made for somebody else, making us ask why we need to follow them. When you find yourself asking that, take a look at what the scriptures say about this topic. I want to look at Romans chapter 7. Obedience is a maturity thing. It takes being intentional and disciplined. And in this passage, Paul is talking about how he struggles with this very internal conflict. I'll start at verse 14, and this is the New Living Translation. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. We all struggle at times. We deny a full obedience to God's will. 
Sometimes we take what we think is the easy path, even if it's defying authority or going against how God has called us to live. Maybe we think we know what's best. Maybe we don't understand or don't agree with where we're called or what we need to do, so we set our own path. Following God's commands and assignments, even when we don't understand or agree with them, is a sign of spiritual maturity. Sometimes I hear new Christians or those who aren't in the faith talk about lots of rules and responsibilities and things that make them feel like being a Christian is restricting. And admittedly, many denominations have instituted a ton of man-made rules and regulations that aren't found anywhere in the scriptures and can even sometimes turn people away from a body of faith because of things made by man. If you go the whole way through the scriptures, there are things we need to follow and lessons for us to learn. The main parables of Jesus, the commandments, the golden rule, and perhaps the most important thing, which comes from the commandments, is found in Mark chapter 12, and I will start at verse 28. This is the New Living Translation. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Those two things are fundamental to our purpose, loving God and loving others. Many say love is the center of everything we do and that everything God will ever ask of us hinges on this. His will for us is perfect. Our will for ourselves is flawed. Spinning God's word to suit our own desires, making our own definitions of what is right and wrong, that takes us out of his will. When we allow our will to be first and foremost, We can miss things reserved just for us. We can miss some of the best God has in store for us. So that's what can happen when we skirt the rules. But what happens when others don't follow the rules? Why does that bother us so much? And if we aren't following the rules, what kind of effect can that have on other people? If you watch or read the news, you see it every day. You know, how could that person steal from that victim or... Why was that innocent man beat up in public? Why did that business person steal money from their company? We see it in everyday life, in politics, in business, sports, just about everywhere. It's easy enough to see why some people think the rules don't apply to them. And I think a lot of it boils down to three things. Money, power, and status. Sometimes we see people in the same types of positions getting away with both a general lack of morality and real crime and nobody calls them out on it. But what drives people to behavior that allows them to literally throw empathy out the window? Money, power, status, or maybe it's comfort, or entitlement, or expectation. Christian author and pastor Louis Giglio put it this way, Harmful actions begin with harmful thoughts, and harmful thoughts over time always lead to harmful actions. Those thoughts must be stopped. If those thoughts are entertained long enough, they will win the battle for your mind. The fact is that sometimes we think about doing something, 
even though we know it may not be the right thing to do. Maybe we think we should do something because of the position we're in, but then we actually allow ourselves to do that very thing we're thinking about. But even if we don't do that thing, there are still times we shift our thinking and our attitude towards the sinful choice, and that changes our attitude even without action. In other words, we slowly begin to think it's okay to break the rules and do something wrong, or many somethings wrong. Either way, those types of thoughts will ultimately lead us to being negatively influenced by others and by Satan. You know, much like a fish taking the bait on the hook, you get lured in by something, attach yourself to it, think you're in a great place, but you quickly find out you don't get what was promised. And where does that get you? Instead, you head into a downward spiral in a direction very different you intended, often including destruction, shame, and often separation. Now, please hear me when I say this. I know that not everyone disregards the rules to the extreme that I just listed, you know, the downward spiral. But because none of us are perfect, we all break the rules to some extent. And whether we tell the occasional little white lie or we're the biggest rule breaker there is, here's the good part. Believe it or not, there is a positive part to this topic. No matter whether it's small or big or somewhere in between, deliberately disregarding the rules doesn't have to be the way you define yourself. It doesn't have to establish your forever reputation. While we may wish the rules were different, Growing and maturing takes hard work, and it requires patience, persistence, and sacrifice. I've used this analogy before, but no Olympic champion has ever won a gold medal by eating a steady diet of candy bars and taking naps every day. In order to be the type of Christians who personify the hands and feet of Jesus, we have to work hard. Making the conscious decision to disobey God shows, honestly, a sense of pridefulness where deciding to obey God exemplifies a spirit of humility. Even though it might seem like God's expectations are impossible, the fact is that all he wants is for us to trust him and allow him to guide our steps. So going back to the story about the ticket from New Year's Eve I mentioned earlier, that speeding ticket cost me a few things that day. It cost me money I didn't plan to spend that probably could have fed my family for a week. The time on the roadside cost me precious time I didn't plan to spend sitting on the edge of the highway, especially on New Year's Eve when people were waiting to come to our house as soon as we got home. Certainly it wasn't what God wanted for me that day. So, what are some things you are hesitant to follow? What disciplines are your big struggles? Where do you need a kick in the pants or a sense of direction? Have you overcome struggles with obedience? Here's the good news. It's never too late to make a change. It's never too late to be better. No one is perfect, and no one is expecting you to be perfect, but God calls us to be better and to give him our best. When it comes to being set apart, know that it cannot be done by our own efforts. We can't be okay with going about a lifestyle where breaking the rules is a part of who we are. Being set apart doesn't mean we can't have fun, but we are not to indulge in things that are contrary to our beliefs. The moral of the story? Be a good example. 
let your light shine for others. God has chosen you to show his glory in you. We must allow our lives to reflect the great price that was paid for us. What does it mean to live a life that's set apart? Listen to these words from 1 Peter 2.9, and this is from the Message Translation. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference He made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the reminder that He gives us every day that it's okay to be the good guy. And while it's not always easy, it is the right path for us. God has the best in store for you and for me. I pray today that He will help us focus on the good and that we will not miss out on the plan He has for our lives. It's my hope this week that we can all grow and maintain this discipline in us. No matter how small we start, you can do it. Well, friends, it's been great being with you again. I pray this week you're able to seek the good in yourself, in others around you, and in all God has for you. And as always, I really do appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on Cube.